the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. Just as God created the earth, he created heaven. We already know how majestic the earth is because God allowed us to see it. Even with all of its problems, because of sin, the breathtaking beauty of earth is undeniable. In our finite minds, we cannot imagine the splendor of heaven, even though we know it exists. As Pastor Rander speaks to us today on the magnificence of heaven, have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to record what awaits the children of God when we get there. In God good, in he worthy to be praised. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Father, we pray that you would now use me to preach your gospel in the way that you would have it preached in the power of the Spirit. We pray against satanic distractions and we pray, Father, that you would have our minds engaged in the scripture and not pulled away with the passing pleasures and mundane things of this world. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. Turn with us. We're going to continue our series on heaven, and we want to re-engage in it at this particular time. Turn with us to Revelation chapter 21, verses 7 and 8. Revelation chapter 21, verses 7 and 8, and you'll find these words. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Once again, we preach on heaven. Most people are afraid to even approach the book of Revelation because of fear of not understanding the symbolisms and various interpretations. However, Revelation chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. If we only would take God at his word and realize that we are blessed by reading, hearing, and obeying the words of this blessed book, it will serve as a tremendous source of comfort, reassurance, and hope in a world filled with deception, lies, psychics, false teachers, uncertainty, doubt, fear, and death. Just as Genesis gave us our origins, Revelation is the culmination of the canon of scripture. We can have a tremendous sense of peace knowing how God will wrap up human history and usher his people right into the eternal state with him. The closing chapters of this book give us a foretaste of glory divine as we delve into the subject of heaven. First of all, if we're going to talk about heaven, we need to talk about how do you get there? 
You don't just get to heaven any kind of way. You just you don't wish your way to heaven. You don't just accidentally stumble into heaven and uh, you don't get to heaven through the back door. So how do you get there? How do we get to heaven? Number one, boring the rapture. You have to die to get there. (laughs) Unless the rapture comes and take us and snatches us away with the irresistible force from time to eternity. Boring the rapture. We have to die to get there. Now, many want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. But if you want to go to heaven, you got to what? You got to die. Luke chapter 16, verse 22a says, so it was that the beggar, underline that, died. He died. Say die. You don't like to say that word too much, but that's true. The beggar died. And if the rapture doesn't preempt the business of this world, we will die So the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28 says, now I say this, a brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood, the the state that we're in now uh, will not cannot withstand the glory of heaven, the, the kind of glory of God. There has to be a change. You, you just can't get to heaven in uh, flesh and blood with these frail, finite bodies. Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 says, For our citizenship, in other words, our residence is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform, that word is change, our lowly body that it may be conformed To his glorious body. Whose glorious body? The body of the Lord Jesus Christ. His glorified body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Our bodies have to be changed in order to go to heaven. Well, what's another point we need to say about heaven is this. Uh, Number two, to die in Christ is to go immediately into his presence, into the presence of God in heaven. You have to die to go to heaven. And then when you go to heaven, you go straight to heaven. You go straight. There are no stops along the way. There's not purgatory. There's not all the stuff that you hear in this mythological society that we live in. We go straight to heaven if we are in Christ. Say in Christ. That's the key. You have to be in Christ. You have to know you've been born again. You have, you have to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to cry out in utter desperation to the Lord, asking him to come into your heart and take up residence in your heart and to live out himself through you to the glory of God. To die in Christ is to go immediately into the presence of Christ. For the scripture says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Why is, why is to die is gain? Because death is it's a transition by which we leave earth and go to heaven. Going to heaven is a gain. It's a blessing. Acts chapter 7 verses 55 and 56, 56 and 59 says, but he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Wow, 
Stephen saw a lot and said, look, I see heaven, the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. Who's the son of man? Jesus is the title for Jesus. And he's not sitting. He's standing. Why is he standing? He's ready to receive his servant who is about to be stoned to death for the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's about to go straight to heaven. So Jesus is standing there. 59, and they stoned Stephen, and he was calling on God. Let me tell you something. When you're dying, God is a good name to call on. He was calling on God. He was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus. That's the name you call on. You don't call on Buddha, Harry Krishna. You don't call on uh, uh, Muhammad or any of these other things. He said, Lord Jesus. He knew the way to heaven, and he said, Lord Jesus. He saw him standing and you know why Jesus was standing? Because he was going to receive his servant who was about to come straight into heaven. He said, receive my spirit. In 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says, we are covenant, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Soon as you close your eyes, you breathe your last breath instantaneously, before you can comprehend what has happened, you are in the presence of God. We can't ex- fully explain that. We can't fully comprehend that. But that is exciting. But wait, before we go, just like that, you are there. I mean, but, but before you can comprehend, I mean, you can't even explain this. You can't even describe this. And you are there. People are wo- moaning and groaning over you. Your lifeless remains and they're crying and they're kissing all on you. But you're not there. They can pinch you. They can peek your eyes open. They can, they can uh, love you and do all of those things, but you're not going to respond because the spirit and soul has made its departure from that body. You, you, uh, we are trichotomy, body, soul, and spirit. And the soul and spirit has separated from the body and the body is, 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 is sleep in Christ. Why? The, the spirit soul goes instantaneously to be in the presence of God. We are coveted. Yes. Well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We go straight to heaven. Say straight. Aren't you glad there's no detours? You go straight to heaven. Go stop reading all these other books and read the Bible. The Bible tells you how to get there. My friends, Luke, the gospel of Luke chapter 23, verse 43 says, and Jesus said to him, the thief on the cross. Assuredly, I say to you today, underline that today, not next year. It doesn't take God 50 years to get you to heaven. Today, you will be with me in paradise, which is another word for heaven. Today, that thief was going to die. And he says, when you die today, you're going to be with me in heaven. It is impossible to imagine life on earth without problems. In fact, life on earth compels us to prepare for them because we know they will come. God's Word tells us so. However, if we endure to the end of our lives on earth through the application of and obedience to His Word, we will be free of the trials and tribulations of this life and rewarded with eternal life with our Lord and Savior. The former things shall be no more, nor will we remember them. Listen as God uses Pastor Rander to share this inexplicable truth. Luke 23, 46 says, and when Jesus, 
had cried out with a loud voice. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, Jesus breathed his last on the cross. And he said, into your hands. In other words, his spirit was going straight to heaven. Why is heaven such a beautiful, indescribable, and incomprehensible place? Why is heaven such a beautiful, indescribable, and incomprehensible place? Heaven is a place where we receive our inheritance from God. It is a place where we receive our inheritance from God. Now, you have many relatives fighting over mother stuff, daddy stuff, and people not speaking because they didn't get things they thought they should have gotten when mama died, daddy died, brother died, whoever died. But you know what? All that stuff is passing away. The true inheritance, the eternal inheritance, the, the, the essence of, uh, of, of what inheritance really is, is in heaven is in heaven. Verse seven says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. We are the children of God and we are going to inherit what God has in store for us in heaven. It is through Jesus Christ alone that we have overcome the world. It is through Jesus Christ that we've overcome the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It is through Jesus Christ that we have overcome sin, death, and even the devil. Through our victorious risen Savior, we have overcome all of these things. The greatest of all spiritual blessings is being forever in the presence of our Lord and our God. What makes heaven so incredible is that as his children, we will inherit all that God has in store for us. No man can take it away. We will inherit the things that God has prepared for us before the foundation of the world was laid. There will be complete satisfaction and fulfillment in heaven. Romans chapter 8 verses 16 through 17 says the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You are not a Democrat. You are not an independent. You're not a Republican. You're Republican. You're not a Tea Partyist. You're not a Delta. You can call your Sarah, Omega Sci-Fi, uh, what's, I can't even call them all right now. Whatever you call yourself. Listen, those are just chump change names. The best name you can be called is children of God, children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, we share in the things that our Savior owned because we are his children. We are his children. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified uh, together. Even your children, when they bring their friends over, they say, come over to my house. It's really mom and daddy's house, but they say my house because that's where they live. But they're sharing in, in all the things that you provided for the children, uh, the, the, the refrigerator, the bed, the, the pillow, huh? Uh, all the things under the Christmas tree and all the things they get. That's why children ought to be grateful. And just do your homework and obey the first time because you are sharing in all the things that your your parents have provided for you. Won't you say amen, parents? 
That's right. They say it's ours, but you know it's really yours, and they're just recipients of what you bless them with. And that's how it's going to be in heaven. You know, we say that it's ours, but we really know who, who, who it really is. It really belongs to God, but we can say ours because we're in Christ and he's in us, and we are joint heirs of all that God has for us. That makes me happy, y'all. Stop fighting over all this pity stuff, this petty stuff. Because we will inherit things that we can't even fathom. Revelation 2, 7 says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. As overcomers, we experience victory over sin. As overcomers, we experience victory over temptation, victory over trials because of our faithfulness and loyalty to Christ. He gives us victory. And because we are children of God, we will inherit and enjoy his possessions forever. Forever. First John chapter five, verses four and five says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Say our faith. Our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. That's how we overcome. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. We overcome by our faith. We believe God for our salvation. We believe God for, for breakthroughs in our life. We believe God for victory over temptations and trials and struggles and problems and issues of life. Our faith in Christ alone gives us victory. Say victory. We have victory. Now, what happens to those who die without Christ? What happens to those who die without Christ? You better know that side, too. That's a critical side. Well, I tell you what happens to them. They go straight to hell and will be forever absent from the presence of Christ. They go straight to hell, just like believers go straight to heaven. If we know Christ, those who do not know Christ go straight to hell. I mean, they open their eyes instantly. They are in hell. Uh, so they go straight to hell and will be forever absent from the presence of Christ. They will be in physical torment and not only physical torment, but emotional torment. They will be in, in excruciating pains, the likes of which no one can even describe or comprehend. The pain levels will be off the charts and, and cannot be measured. They will be in a place of total anguish. They will be in a place of total distress. They will be in a place of total torment and trauma forever. They will, they will be in a place of no hope, no reprieve, and no pardon. And that's why we ought to pass out those bring a day cards. That's why we ought to tell folk about Jesus. That's why we ought not hush our mouths and be ashamed of the gospel. Because people are going to hell in droves. Luke chapter 16 verses 22b through 26 says the rich man died, also died and was buried. And being in underline this torments, all kind of torments. In other words, not one torment after torment after torment, just torments. 
pain, uh, emotional pain, physical pain, traumatized, uh, anguish, distress, trauma, torments in Hades. He lifted up his eyes. He saw in hell. In other words, you will have 20-20 vision in hell. You won't need glasses. You will see in hell. And saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom up in heaven having a good time. Verse 24, then Lazarus cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my scotching. I'm just adding that scotching tongue. You know, when your tongue's on fire, everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. I mean, the man's burning. And you, and when you go to hell, hell, listen, you're burning and and you'll never have the ability to be consumed as you are burning. You will never be annihilated. You will continue to burn. Now, I don't know what that little drop of water was going to do to his tongue and all those flames, but he just wanted some relief. That's what he wanted. He wanted relief. And that's bad to want relief, but none will be found. After 50 billion years, the torment will be just as bad. As a matter of fact, there's no time concept in hell, just as there is no time concept in heaven. And he says, Lazarus says, for I am, he says, for I am tormented. I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you receive your good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. The rich man was tormented, tormented in the flames. And Lazarus, when he was here, he received evil things. But now he receives good things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. You are tormented. And besides this, between us and you, there is a what? Great guff. You know, that's a that's. Oh, that's a great distance fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. So Lazarus was in heaven and the rich man was in torment and he was ablaze and he was in utter misery. Look at Revelation chapter 20 verses 12 through 15. Revelation 12, 20 through 15, it says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades were delivered up, the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast where? Into the lake of fire, the second death. The second death is eternal life without God, without God, with no hope. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friend, is your name in the book of life? Is it in the book of life? If it's not, then you will not be in heaven. Transition. Who will not 
Listen, who will not be in heaven? Who will not be in heaven? Well, verse eight says it clearly. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part where? In the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let's take these words and pick them apart because these, each of these words are loaded with meaning. Y'all gonna hang with me? Let's look at, it says, but the what? Cowardly. But the cowardly, say cowardly. These are those who do not confess Christ because they fear what others might say. And they also fear being identified with Christ and his church. The cowardly lack endurance and they fear taking a stand for Christ because of fear, shame and rejection. Cowardly. Those who do not confess Christ because they fear what others may say. They also fear being identified with Christ and his church. The cowardly lack endurance they, and they fail to take a stand for Christ because of fear, shame and rejection. My friends, are you cowards? Matthew chapter 10 verses 32 and 33 says, therefore, whoever confess me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my father in where? Heaven. Listen, don't you be ashamed of Jesus Christ. Don't you be ashamed to bless your food before people. Don't you be ashamed to speak up before people. Don't you be ashamed to read your Bible around people. God is real. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the indwelling Holy Spirit becomes alive in us. And as indescribably good as that is, the best is yet to come. In heaven, God himself will live among his children. No more problems, no more pain, no more preparing for the worst, because the worst will no longer exist, nor will we remember that it ever did. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.